Well, one of the most haunting stories in the book Angela's Ashes by Frank McCourt is when his mother is begging on the cathedral steps. They have run out of money. His father has gone off to England to look for work in the shipyards in Coventry and left her with no income. She has had to turn to horrible ways to put food on the table. But in one scene, she is standing on the cathedral steps and the priests walk by. She's got a shawl and she's clutching it under her uh, chin and she's got her hand extended, calling out to them, asking them for any money that they have. And they ignore her and they walk on by. They don't even acknowledge her existence. It's shocking to think that people who are ordained, any person who loves God and is a follower of Jesus Christ, would choose to let this woman beg on the steps of the church. Jesus does a similar thing today with the story of the Canaanite woman. He too, begin, he too starts out ignoring her. We don't think of Jesus doing those kinds of things. We think of the Jesus that holds the lambs and brings the children close to him. So this is a shocking example of Jesus' behavior. But it's also showing us Jesus' humanity because he is God and man, so he's like us. We've walked by people that are begging on the streets. I know I have. But something finally gets him and causes him to do what the woman has asked him. And that is not only her standing in front of him and kneeling before him, but it's also the desperation in her voice. Any one of us who's ever had a sick child certainly knows that desperation and that fear. So we understand where she is coming from. Jesus is a little more hard to tease out, which requires some explanation. The Canaanites were no longer seen as a group of people. They had, for want of a better word, gone away. They were extinct, if you want to think about it. But the long-held prejudices and hatreds that the Israelites had toward the Canaanites still trickled down to Jesus' day. So it explains why he doesn't pay attention to the woman. We know that hatred is ingrained in us, not just for days or weeks, but indeed for years and centuries. We only have to think about how Jews are disparaged by other people in the world because of their religious 
beliefs and traditions. They are seen as less than by some people. So that part of Jesus' behavior is understandable. We don't have to agree with, we don't agree with it, but we certainly know the milieu, as they say, that he's living in. The things that he's been exposed to all of his life. Howard Thurman was a African-American theologian. And he, of course, in the Jim Crow South, experienced those same feelings and hatreds because of the color of his skin. He was sitting on a train next to an older white woman. And when the conductor came through, she said to the conductor, what is that doing sitting next to me? To which the conductor replied, that has a ticket. But the woman proceeded to stand up after the conductor had walked through the car and complain to anyone who would listen that this man had the nerve to sit next to her and sit in that train car. Howard Thurman showed great tenacity and fortitude by staying in his seat. He didn't move, he didn't go to another car, he didn't even engage the woman and try to tell her who she, tell her who he was. It was immaterial to him because he knew who he was and is. A child of God who deserved to sit next to whomever he wanted to in a train car, wherever he wanted to. He, all, he wrote that the hatred, I'll quote, the quote is, that Jesus rejects hatred because he saw that it meant death to the mind, the body, and the spirit. So when Jesus changes his mind and heals the, the Canaanite woman's child, he is saying no to hate and yes to understanding and yes to love. Howard Thurman goes on to say that she resented his presence more than anything, that woman in the car. But that's not why Jesus came among us. So what do we have to learn from this story and from Howard Thurman's little vignette about his own life? And that is the church is bigger than just in this building. And we as members of the body of Christ are called to be more and do more and say more. We are called to engage with the other, the person or people we would rather walk by, the person that sits down next to us and might smell a little bit because he or she is homeless that Jesus asks us to look beyond what we see in front of us. The color of our skin, the clothing that we wear, 
how her hair is cut or uncut, how kempt or unkempt we are, so that we can engage with the other and make that person feel seen. If anyone has ever been ignored, they understand how it is, how demoralizing and how diminished we feel. That was how the woman felt when Jesus ignored her. She was diminished and demoralized, but she is the only woman who spoke up to Jesus in the Gospels and called him to account for his poor behavior. You can almost hear her saying to him, would your mother like you to do that? Because I have to believe that Mary would not. So Jesus calls, calls us to the same response, to look at someone in the eye and see a real human being standing in front of us, not just another nameless soul. It's not easy. It's uncomfortable. People who are different from us make us feel worried sometimes. But it's engaging with people that are different from us that we not only show who we are, but we also find our own souls expand. And we become a little softer a little more vulnerable, a little more loving. And that's what Jesus came to earth for, to make us all see who we really are and for us to strive to be better. Amen.